Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name's Windy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy, and a man who's changed his mind, Nathan E. Clark. Hello, Nathan. Yeah, I think that we should record yesterday after the Palace game, <laughs> and then just have the Southampton as like a footnote to the next week's episode. <laughs> I think that's, um, in hindsight, that would have been a very good decision. Yeah. It does feel a little low, doesn't it? I was really <laughs> looking forward to this. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I thought we would batter Southampton today. I felt really good about it, especially once I saw the lineups, because I didn't realise that they were going to play a, a back three and match up. And I thought that team is dog shit. We are, we are rolling them over. Uh, but no, alas, no. And before we get stuck into it, very quickly, we are having a, a Boxing Day sale with the Extra Inch. You can um, join our Patreon. Annual subscriptions are 16% off. So if, if that seems like the kind of thing you might like, then um, then join us. Uh, Bardi, how was your Christmas? It was pretty good, Wendy. It was pretty good. It, um, we were chatting just before we started that we we're going to talk about West Ham, but it seems like a long time ago. Christmas seems to create this fog where <laughs> you don't know what day it is or what time of day it is. And That's everything. the limoncello. Yeah, it's the limoncello, and it's the fact that the the box of Quality Street start calling to you and you, you're nibbling <laughs> at them at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's just like unruly behaviour from me. Um, but it was, it was a good one. It was my first in England for two years, and it was nice to be home for it. Your beef looked fantastic. Sous vide, man. It's idiot-proof way of cooking. Plus blowtorches. Plus, well, I had to get my dad involved somehow. He has to. He has to feel Christmassy. And it's not Christmas in the house unless he's wielding a tool that could possibly maim or injure you. Buddy's a very experienced server of beef. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> very good point. Very well made, Nathan. How was yours? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's really good. Um, we did have uh, a scare. My my nephew, who coughed in my face multiple times on Christmas Day, uh, tested positive on Boxing Day, but we now are pretty confident that was a false positive because he's been negative consistently either side of that. So um, other than that, crossed. other than that, really good. Good, good, good. Glad to well, hear. How it. was yours, Wendy? Because um, I think you saw some family members you hadn't seen for quite some time. I did, I did. Thanks for asking. So I saw my sister for the first time in two years, which was lovely. 
Uh, so my parents and my my auntie had a lovely time, been spoilt rotten by my family, uh, just waited on hand and foot for five days. I, uh, I've i drunk a lot of champagne <laughs> over the past four days. My dad's best friend bought him six bottles. They also had saved some from when they retired and some sort of clients had bought them gifts of very nice champagne. So I've done pretty well <laughs> in the Christmas period for alcohol. I feel like I don't need to drink again for a good month, um, but I'm definitely going to be breaking that tonight uh, <laughs> after after watching that <laughs> performance. Very frustrating second half. Uh, but as we as we tend to, let's start with the team selection. Um, Nathan, so there were some interesting selections here. So firstly, a winky hobby midfield. Yeah. You 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 thought three five two as soon as you saw the lineup. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was expecting was three five two in advance of the lineup, and then I mm. saw the lineup and I thought well, that's definitely three five two. I did make graphs for the three four three, but that had Delhi on the left and the three four one two. Um, but I wasn't thinking they would be relevant, or at least not to start. Uh, so yeah. Uh, and then, um, both on Twitter and on Discord, I was asked, do you think that the 352 is specifically based around countering teams who press high because it gives those two combinations for sort of direct outlets? And I was saying, yes, yes, I definitely think that's the thing. Um, and then that wasn't <laughs> relevant to the conversation at all. Interesting. I liked um, the question we got from Elliot Cornish, she's the body. He said, two starts with Delhi, where we play a high pressing, high defensive line side. Does Conte truly value his movement and therefore could this rule out a January ex- exit? I mean, I, I don't think today's performance rules out a January exit. No. I thought he was pretty bad and he deserved to be replaced. And it's one of those that we, we've been calling for Delhi to start in front of Lucas and then he does. And you, we kind of miss everything that Lucas gives us because Lucas, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone's had quite as good a Christmas as him since like Mary and Joseph. He was unbelievable <laughs> this December. He just assisting goals, movement, energy, everything. And we, we missed it in the first half, especially when Southampton were playing so high. Um, in the second half, we'll probably get into it, but it just, it, that kind of game didn't suit. And that's where perhaps it would have suited Delhi in the, in the second half. But yeah, it, it wasn't a strong performance from Delhi. The best thing he did was get kicked a few times by, um, by their chap who got sent off. And in the end, yeah, collect yellows, basically. That was the best thing he did. Salisu. Yes, that's the chap. I, I was actually going to make that exact point. I, I didn't notice that. So it's interesting, isn't it, when you don't look at Twitter throughout the match and you jump on at the end and sort of have a quick read and you see all the takes and it's like, okay, that's that's not the way I saw it, but whatever. I th- I didn't notice Delhi playing particularly badly, to be honest. I thought he worked hard. Uh, and yeah, absolutely played a big part in Salisu getting um, sent off. I mean... Southampton were hyper, hyper aggressive from the yeah. start. And um, Ward-Prowse actually referenced that in the post-match comments too. So it's interesting to sort of have that confirmed because it sort of seemed that way from the eye test. Um, and Salisu went like way over the top. He, he'd already stepped on Delhi's foot, which I thought was a yellow card in itself. Nothing was done about that one. And then the one on Royale, I guess, was a, a yellow for sort of multiple fouls rather than for the individual mm. challenge because there wasn't much in it. And then like... First and save out that move for the for the um, penalty. Lovely ball from from Harry Winks. Really, really good. Really impressive. Yeah. Um, but I mean, such a stupid challenge to make. Like against Son, who's got such quick feet in the box. Like, don't hang a leg. Don't do that. Um, and like, 
absolutely nailed on second yellow. I don't think you can have any complaints. And to be honest, if that was their strategy, they were, they were playing a risky, risky game Very. for a player that aggressive, and they deserve to be punished for it, to be honest. I think it, it happens to them occasionally. I think that is a, a bit of a recurring theme for them, that their style of play sort of <laughs> invites yellow cards. Um, so, yeah. And I think that we were sort of fairly content to let them run themselves out or potentially into trouble for a while and then come into it in the second half. Mm. I mean, it was, um, I think it's Southampton's 11th red card under Hassan Hutel. There you they, go. Interesting. Yeah, they, they, they play that game. They they go for, they try and win the ball back quickly and some of their players just aren't quite good enough to make those kind of tackles. Sure. It's high risk, high reward, isn't it? And mm. it's the same reason why they've, I think they've dropped 73 points from winning positions since 2018. Wow. That's because they really go hell for leather from the start and they tire themselves out and uh, the, the opposition tend to come back strong. But um, it, it's done the well on occasion as well. So I'm, I'm not going to sort of judge them one way, one way or another. I do want to talk a bit more about um, missing Lucas because I, I completely agree. I felt we missed Lucas today. Not necessarily because of... Um, I mean, it is because of his creativity, but I just think he's in the system we played the three four three, where you've got the the, the dual number tens, as Conte has begun calling them. I would say inside forwards. Yeah, um, they have two roles. They have the the ball near role, where they come towards the ball to receive it to feet, try and take a touch and turn, or to lay it off to the wing back. And then they have the ball far role when the ball's on the opposite side of the pitch. They have to run in behind and stretch the defence and, and, in fact, run inwards if they can and try and create space for the wing back. And I think Lucas is really good at the former. I think he's his touch can be a little bit loose at times, but he's got the athleticism to make up for that. And he mm. often kind of gets back on top of his own sort of overhit first touch. Uh, and I think he's done a really nice job of sort of receiving defeat, turning and making things happen in the last few games. And I don't think Son's very good at that, if I'm honest. And I don't think Delhi's very good at that either. So I was, as soon as we, I saw we were playing the 3-4-3, I was a, my heart sunk a bit because I was really excited about seeing the 3-5-2 again. It works so well against Liverpool. I think it really gets the best out of Son, you know, being right up with Kane on the shoulder. And I thought, hmm, yeah, I'm not sure about this. And I kind of, throughout the game, I was thinking, I wish we'd just moved to 3-5-2. I really want to see it again. Mm. It wasn't to be. I mean, I definitely feel like he's still experimenting with, with shapes. Like, you think back to, like, he played Davinson on the left, uh, and then he yes. played Tanganga on the left, like, and now he'll never play Davinson on the left again, <laughs> like, no matter what. Um, he's experimented with Delhi in, in one role and now another and, and now a third role. And I think he's just sort of still trying to see things out. So I don't know if it's necessarily, and like experimenting with a three, five, two here and there. It's like, I don't think, um, I don't think it's necessarily, um, I do think that he's like, let's try this against this team because of what this team are like, but not to the extent where he would like normally do that if he was settled and felt he understood the squads thoroughly and inside and out. So I think he's 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 experimenting still. So I, I don't don't worry too much. I, I don't think that Delhi is comfortable basically on the right hand side no. of the pitch at all. No, um, even you know, inside right, whatever. But um, that was definitely definitely his like his his least good <laughs> role that he can play you know or position yeah. that he can play but um like, and the other thing is like all of his strengths either seeing the game ahead of him and being able to kind of drift into space and 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 benefit that way or pressing or really risky one touch things on the edge of the box and he can't do that in the position he's being asked to play because he's dropping deep into midfield and you can't take you can't do risky flicks and tricks 
on the halfway line, you're going to get found out for it. So it kind of asks him to do things that I just don't think he's very good at. But I think I we, we struggled as a front line for a, a considerable period of the match for, for most of the first half and some of the second half. Mm, yeah. Buddy, what was your um, feeling at halftime going in at one or Were you thinking we just, you know, they're down to 10 men now, we roll this, roll this lot over? Uh, I thought we would roll them over. But as the second half went on, it was one of those that... It's kind of strange that had they stayed at 11 versus 11, I think we probably would have beaten them. Yeah. But letting them drop into 10, it kind of, they have one way of playing and it's stodge it up, fill up all the gaps and sit back and try and frustrate us. And, and that's what they did. And sometimes we know Spurs, Spurs can be shut down that way. And yeah, had the game stayed open, I think we probably would have won it. And in the end, I thought we created enough kind of opportunities, had enough chances to, to bury it. But if a, Poor touches or poor decision making or just a poor final ball um, let us down as well as some interesting refereeing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, the the Kane one. I mean, whatever they've decided that that's that's offside now, and it's not a lot we can do to affect it either way. And it's annoying because it's so close, but fine. The the Forster own goal or maybe Dotti got a touch. I don't know. Uh, that for me is another example. I keep going on about it. That's the threshold being too high to overturn stuff. I, I just yeah. think that's not a foul. I really, I mean, I, I, I think if the referee doesn't give a foul and it goes to VAR, that's a goal. It stands. Like it's not going to be changed either way. I just didn't. I mean, we've said, seen it so many times. Goalkeepers get way too much protection. Forster made a mistake. He didn't catch the ball at its highest point. That's an advantage you get as a goalkeeper. <laughs> You're able to reach above a player's head and take the ball at a higher point than a player can meet it. Do that. Don't try and let it come into your chest and catch it there. Uh, having done that, he barely ever had two hands on the ball. Doherty makes, a, a in my eyes, a, a sort of fair attempt to get to the ball. Doesn't do enough to, to do... To, to knock the ball out of Forster's hands, and that should have been allowed. But you're right. I mean, I feel like we we created some good moments. We had some nice opportunities, and just didn't finish them. So I was just saying to you before we recorded that, like normally, I feel like I'm fairly in tune with with the sort of the expected goals metric, and I have like a good feel for the performance. And I was surprised when I came and looked at the the stats after this game and saw that we put up sort of we put up like nearly three expected goals, and that's not taking in consideration like the probability of any of the ones that were ruled out not mm-hmm. being ruled out, that kind of thing. But I felt much more frustrated at the time. I felt like we were wasteful. I felt that we were snatching. I felt that we were restricted to just a sort of uh, you know a heavy crossing into like a really packed box for for a large period of the game. Um, so I do feel, and it's also like. Uh, if you break down those chances, it's a bunch of really minor chances and a couple of sort of bigger ones that sort of accidentally fell through. I mean, I guess that's kind of the nature of like just applying that much pressure is the hope that mm. that one of those is just somehow fruitful. But I did find that performance frustrating. Numerically, like looking at it from a statistical point of view, it looks really strong, but um, it doesn't. It didn't feel very strong. I guess there's also the added frustration of like you're up against ten men. Um, and the other thing with that is that like I also understand the context is that like we just had a really good run of games. We've played twice in three days. That's not how football should work. Um, we couldn't even rotate our wing backs until you know one of them is forced off. It's like um, yeah, it's uh. I'm not too. I'm not upset about this performance, but I'm not definitely not celebrating it either. 
Interesting. I mean, I, I wonder partly if the frustration is because some of the chances fell to the wrong players. I mean, well, yeah. Do- Doherty's had some of the, the best chances and he's a, a right back playing left wing back and also not fresh. his crossing was sort of decent good. from the left. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Doherty had a pretty good half, to be honest. So there, I mentioned this on Twitter and there were Wolves fans who agreed with me. There were... There were um, Irish people who said, "Yeah, when he's on the left, he sort of he takes more time." And that was very relevant to this. Mm. Is that we like the wing backs had a second on the ball, and because he's right footed, he wanted to knock it back to bring it across himself to the right for an, for a, for an in swinging cross, and that sort of yeah forced him to take the time that he had, which made him deliver a better cross. Uh, Harry Brooks has made a similar point about regular in in the past that he will rush his cross, he will take it on the on the out and out sprint, whereas if he slows it down when he notices he has the time. Um, He's a better deliverer there, and that's relevant to, to Doherty as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Do- Doherty, um, highest chance creation in our team. I mean, it's not not bad in a half of football. He got into some really good positions. But it is bad for us. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the case, right? Yeah, that's the frustration, isn't it? Because you kind of think if, if Sessegnon had been fit and available, um, then you'll bring you on a real threat. Whereas we ended up with an inverted, two inverted wing backs. In fact, let's talk about that because that is interesting. That once Brian Hill was on the pitch, um, Conte decided to stick with them both on their wrong side. Buddy, I wondered if that was perhaps because Conte wanted Hill as close to the dugout as possible, so he could kind of communicate to him because he's playing an unfamiliar role. Uh, I don't know. I just I thought Hill did okay. I thought he was able to cut inside and go outside. He offered us something something a bit different to Emerson. Emerson was quite became quite predictable and was able to get blocked in quite a bit. Hill was was able to go either way and. It, it was an interesting sub, um, it's, but it's one of those that had we had five subs, I would have been all right mm. with this gamble. But when it's your final sub and you're against the kind of a team sitting deep, you 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 do think perhaps Ndombele would have been the the right substitution. But then it nearly worked. It nearly worked, and they. I mean, the middle was so congested that I can understand why you'd go for a wide player. But I don't think he did too bad, and he did offer something different from Emerson. And, and you're right, Doherty did okay. He did all right. Mm-hmm. But we, we are judging that as a right wing back playing at left wing back on his weaker foot, and that he did okay. It's not really an acceptable performance that you would want from your left wing back so we're letting him off here because it's Doherty but I, he should have scored a goal to be honest with you. He, he also took three of the worst shots I've ever seen one of yeah. one of them where he just sort of ballooned it over the bar was was crazy and then the other two were like it dropped him from a corner he took one it was blocked which it was really bad and it was blocked and then he took another one which was even worse he should Bless have um, he should have realised after he swung and missed that first one he should have just passed it simple but lay it off you got, you got you got to mind the guts of him having another go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Um, I Nima told us, didn't he, that um that Conte quite often substitutes his winger backs yeah. because he asks so much of them throughout the game. So I kind of I'm used to it now and I understand it. It it does sort of in matches like this, it feels like you've wasted a couple of subs in some ways. Regalon had a shocking first half, so I wasn't surprised that he came mm. off at half time, particularly as he's on the yellow card. Uh, but it did feel annoying that we then had to take. Emerson off also when like you say Bardi Ndombele would have been so useful kind of as a lock-on picker in this game where there's such a tight um, back four and, and midfield ahead of it you sort of want someone who can play a pass that no one else can see and Ndombele would have been really really helpful but I mean I would have preferred Ndombele to it would come on for Huibia rather than Lucas to come on for Delhi. I th- thought that would have been a more useful change at the time it happened 
Um, yeah. But then I mean, having Shoy- said that, Lucas is in such good form, like you can't fault that. Schoenberg had one of his he had one of his kind of weaker games, uh, and he probably could have been substituted. I thought Winks I thought Winks played a nice game. I thought he, he did. did okay. I thought Ben Davies continues to be the best left-sided centre-back in, in world football currently. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there, there are, there's, some, there's some positives to take from that. I am definitely a little worried about Ndombele. He's yet to sort of have a strong performance under Conte, to be honest. He's had you know a good assist against Liverpool, um, but a little worrying for him to not come on. And I understand, again, I understand that like we kind of need... like For wing-backs who need, you know, according to Neva, need subbing off at 60 minutes most games, for them to play twice in three days is, like, mm. an absurd. So, obviously, they have to be changed, mm. um, which limits what else you can do with your one remaining sub. So, I do understand that, like, it, maybe if there was a fourth sub, it would have been a Dombele, but um, as a general trend, I, I am concerned for his place at the moment a little bit. I'm becoming, I'm becoming concerned. I think that's fair. I think I, I will reserve judgment until mid-January. If he hasn't played much by mid-January, I will join you in the very concerned camp. We've got Watford on the 1st, Chelsea on the 5th, Morecambe on the 9th, Chelsea again on the 12th, and Arsenal on the 16th. He has to play some minutes in some of those games. He just has to. We can't. We haven't got enough players to manage those without him, I don't think. Unless the Chelsea comes back and, you know... Yeah, but I, I mean, if, if he doesn't play more than 90 minutes, more than 120 minutes yeah. in those games, then yeah, absolutely, I'll be worried. And I think maybe he will just go like sooner rather than later. Uh, I think we can do much better to move the ball more quickly. I've seen a bit of fatigue in my players. For this reason, we make sometimes not the good decision in the last pass and to finish. We can do much better. That's fair. Too many touches. Um, Huybier, very guilty of that at times. Son as well. I thought, I thought yeah. Son, his, his first touch was almost yeah, like lazy, like it was someone in the 117th minute in extra time. It, it was a bit sloppy here and there, especially on in counter-attack situations, even in the first half. I'm, I'm getting repetitive on this point, but I really don't like Son in this, in this system. I, I want Son. I want 3-5-2 because I believe that Son is our second best player and I want him to, I want us to put as much effort as we can into making him the best version of himself that we can. And I think it's in a 3-5-2 up with Kane. And I think that suits Deli better and I think that suits Ndombele better and I think that yep. potentially helps our wing-backs better. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's uh, a bit of a conundrum. It's but, a bit of a conundrum. <laughs> but, but Luke Lucas is playing well, and let's talk a little bit about Palace. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. The Lucas Mora game, really, really impressive overall performance from him. Two assists, one goal. People raving about his his qualities. Uh, There was a whole kind of will it, won't it go ahead before the game, started by a, a journalist tweeting that he believed the game was going to be called off. He was kind of getting information from the Palace side. It seems to me now, in retrospect, that Palace were trying to apply some pressure because they wanted the game called off. As it turned out, they pretty much figured the full-strength team, did they not? Maybe one or two players missing. They were missing their head coach, which you can arguable, sure. argue is like, you know, it's pretty vital. I don't know, I'm, I, I, I'm sympathetic to their case that, you know, we'd like to have our manager in order for the game to go ahead. Obviously, I think the whole, the whole situation is kind of absurd. Tw- twice now, in a few weeks, I've been a colossal idiot and not learned my lesson from the first one and gone, oh, it looks like that game's off and then made plans with my girlfriend to go and do something and then had to go, oh no, it looks like the game's back on and, and annoy her. I did that with a lesser game and then the less game didn't happen and I got away with that one and I was like I planned a, a nice you know Christmassy walk out for the, the Palace game and then the Palace game was actually on because you know we were told it was 100% going to be off the day before because obviously because Palace were confident of that um, misguidedly so so yes the, I, I'm a fool but also all of these game moving around cancellations are <laughs> messing me about a bit as well it's, it's a messy situation yeah. I felt um, I felt really sorry for the fans who were due to go we had one of our ex-subs, Matt, yeah. he was taking his children, Madeline and Jack, for the first time to the first ever Spurs game. And at one point, it looked like it wouldn't go ahead Bless and him. they were in tears. And then, then they found out it was going ahead and they were dancing around the house, which is <laughs> wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's just not good for fans. Lots of fans, yeah, like traveling up to places and then having to come back down. It's, it's, the decision's got to be made well in advance you know for multiple reasons and then if it's oh actually no everyone's fine now too late we've already committed to cancelling the game I think maybe anyway um I thought it was an interesting performance because I thought the Palace did an interesting, a good job of sort of shutting down play through the middle, denying mm-hmm. access to the forwards for a significant period of the game, um, sort of forcing Hoivier and Skip to play backwards. And so we had very long, very slow build-up plays um, with those sort of the three centre-backs and the two midfielders playing amongst themselves for quite a while. And then because we kept the wing backs high and uninvolved in that phase, when we did sort of find that pass to a wing back, they're like through on a sort of an artificial counter attack and everything was fruitful from there. Um and then obviously uh Zaha got sent off. We we got revenge. We got we got red card revenge on well Tanganga yes. got red card revenge on Zaha, I guess you can argue. Yeah, I mean he really lost his head didn't he? It was weird it was a stupid thing to do when you're on a booking. Um, but yeah, I mean, I completely agree. The I don't know, I haven't checked the data, but I would imagine that our fullbacks have the most touches in the final third than they've had in from all the Conte games so far. It just sort of felt that way. They were having lots and lots of joy. Palace were defending very narrow, and um, both Regulon and Emerson were put high up the pitch, very very hard yeah. the pitch. I tweeted out. Um... 
data viz of their their final third crossing carrying and the one shot they had between them as a demonstration of sort of how active they were in the final third and how important they were to our play mm. and how do you feel about that body how do you feel about those particular players being are kind of most involved in the final third our fullbacks i feel fine with that that's the the whole kind of purpose of it um i don't think we can learn much from the palace game but there's just something that occurred to me now about the Southampton matches. We did talk about this like a month ago or so when Conte first came in. That there are going to be these games where we get kind of stuck, stuck in the mud, and we can't figure out a way to get out of these games. And it's just we'll, we'll be all right. But we'll, we will see more of these games now. It's just because we've had some good results. We've just thought everything was fixed and everything was running perfectly again, but it's it's not. And we will get more games where they kind of doesn't work for us, but. The Palace game. I mean, I thought I'd forgotten Butland existed as a, as a professional <laughs> footballer. He was. It is kind of nice when when these players pop up. Normally, it's like in the FA Cup or League Cup, someone will just turn up again. Um, but it was nice to see him. And I thought Anderson, who we were heavily linked with, I thought he looked pretty pretty slow and pretty ponderous. So I'm kind of glad we we missed that. We avoided that bullet as well. But Palace were there for the beating, and we beat them quite comfortably in the end. And it, and it was nice to see Zaha get sent off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you make of Lucas, Nathan? It, so we get lots of tweets about Lucas whenever he does anything good because we've said some bad things about him in the past. Oh, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah, we have. Well, uh, Nathan did call him Messi. He did say he plays football <laughs> like Messi. It was a, a, a dribbling skill which only Messi is better than. That's not worse. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. What did I? What? What? How do I feel about that performance? I mean, yeah, he's obviously doing well. He's 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 upping his production. Whether he can keep that up long term is you know remains to be seen. There was oh there was a good question on Discord. Let me read that, and then that will be my closing statement on Lucas. Uh, Jonathan Fair Lumber said, "Does having a good week mean that you're no longer inconsistent?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's it, isn't it? This is this has always been our complaint with Lucas. Um, his production levels have been too low, both expected and and actual. But they're on the up at the moment, and so, and so you know, we'll keep our eyes open and see if that's a, they a make. good thing. Yeah, that is a good definitely. Thing. I mean, Conte is such a good coach. He's going to make all of our players better. I mean, he's he been just... good. Like, let me be clear. He's been good. He's been good for us. He's been yeah. one of our better players. I don't think that's our best setup or the best version of Spurs that we can achieve, but he definitely has been good. So I, I want to make that clear. Mm. I mean, I that was a, it was a lovely leap. We know Lucas could jump, but that was, that was a wonderful leap. And the, the assists were good as well. And he played well against West Ham. And it's, it's great. It's good that he's playing well. I still don't think Lucas is the long-term solution, but... We, as we always say with Son, while he's playing good, you've got to ride him. So we should be riding Lucas hard right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the thing that made that leap so good was how early he got up, which meant that Anderson had no chance because like, as he turned around and tried to do something to stop him, Lucas was already like a foot and a half above him. You know, mm. <laughs> what are you going to do against a man that's that high up in the air? It's extraordinary athleticism. And Lucas is a tremendous, tremendous athlete. He really is. One of the best I've ever seen, I think, athletically. What's little flea in Brazilian Portuguese? Little flea. Because <laughs> of the leap on him. Because he's okay. small and he can jump seven times his height. Okay, yeah, <laughs> no, I like it. Okay, you're there with that. Right. <laughs> I like it. We've, we've got some Brazilian listeners. I'm sure they will email us and let us know. Uh, some expats out there that listen, I know as well. I've had some email correspondence with a couple. 
Um, in fact, <laughs> previously when we were talking about Lucas and his um, political tendencies, let's not, they got in touch. Let's, let's move off this topic immediately. What's up next? <laughs> yeah. Lucas is doing a good job. Long may it continue. Mm. I'm very pleased he's doing well. It's 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 a good thing. I, I do think also, like I, I will restate it, I think he is the best in our team at playing the inside 10 role so far of the players we've seen yeah. attempt that role. Uh, but I'd still move to 3-5-2 and drop him in a heartbeat. Um, Mike Dav 84 says, can we make the top six with Davinson and Royale in our back line? Lots of rumours that we're, sw- lots of rumours swirling, re a new centre back or right wing back for January. And this was post Palace. Uh, I still think we'll make top four. I still Probably think Royale's we'll... best game of the Palace match. He was really good. Yeah. Maybe Davinson's best game. Maybe that's, maybe that's the reason for the timing. Maybe it's meant to be. I was, I was taking that as like a criticism of them, but maybe it's like, hey, these guys played well. Do we desperately need the change? Maybe that's what Mike's getting at. I think so. I think that's what he's saying. Okay. Do we, do we need to make these new signs or can we just make the top six without them? Um, so I, I thought Davinson had a really good game against Palace. Uh, but. Zahar came off like Zahar was sent off so he could do what he wanted he when he wanted off. he got him sent off when he, he was did. a clever bastard yeah he was so. good shithousing yeah, very good shithousing I liked it but once he's gone like Davinson has so much freedom and to be fair he, he did really well he did he a good job of using the ball an infield dribble where he played a left footed through ball and then received yes. the ball back in the box to have a chest control shot which um, <laughs> suggests he had yeah, quite a bit of freedom, I guess, but fair play <laughs> yeah. to him. No, yeah, I, I think yeah. I think we could make top six with those two players. I also think like let's not like let's let's bring in a new right wing back in January. Um, let's you know hope and pray on Romero's return, and then Davinson is rebenched. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe exactly there's a new centre back in there. I, I think we're top four with no signings. I really do think that, but I, yeah. if we can get in a, a de- a, an able deputy for Emerson or someone who can compete and challenge for the first team slot, yeah. then absolutely we should be doing that. If if we can get Tarek Lamptey for a reasonable price in January, which you know doesn't happen ever, does it? No. January transfers are hard to do. Premier League. We should do it. Like get someone in who can upgrade the first team. Hell yeah, I'm I think, all for it. I think Dave has been great recently. I thought he's not been a calamity. He's been pretty composed. He's Parsons been all right. His his moving forward with the ball has been okay. He offered some some kind of underlapping and overlapping options against Southampton, and I think he's done fine there. Uh, Romero's a better defender, without no doubt on that. But at the moment, Romero's out, and Davinson is playing that role, and he's doing fine. And he but, hasn't looked out of place, in my opinion. But the thing is, buddy, like I agree, Romero is a better defender. But it's not just that. Romero is like so much better in possession. Yeah, like. It Davinson maybe a four five out of ten in possession. Romero is like a compared to other centre backs eight nine out of ten. He's really really competent at running with the ball. I think we have it's the same with Tanganga. I thought Tanganga had a really strong game against Palace. Very very impressive. Yeah. But again, like not hard to upgrade on if you're looking for a ball playing. But if we're going to if we're going to spend money in in January, first we'd need to sell Davinson. Then we need to find a replacement. Yeah. So I think right now. Sanchez as a backup to Romero is fine, and Tanganga as a backup to to, to the great Ben Davies is the fine. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's I think that's okay. I think let's go find a, an alternative to Romero because I mean sorry um, to Emerson because that that's a huge problem there. I think we may well have better first halves against Palace and Southampton with Romero in place of with Davinson. Sure. Yeah. 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 Completely agree. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because 
like normally you'd say one player doesn't make a huge difference, but when it's a centre back and the ball playing out the back under Conte is such a vital part of the system, isn't it? The thing with being disappointed today against Southampton is like think how shit we would have been with that lineup under Nuno or Mourinho. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's there's no way there's no way we would have seen, you know, three expected goals this season. <laughs> like like the turnaround the con and it's easy to lose track of this, especially after a frustrating mm. result, but like just the immediate turnaround of performances and results from from match one through till now is just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, and we're talking about yeah, we we're on for top four with this squad. This squad's that like Barty wanted to turn in for scraps a few weeks ago, you know. Uh, and Barty's not alone <laughs> in that, obviously. But I mean, yeah, I think you step back from this match. It's now been like <laughs> it's now been an hour, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like things are fine, you know. But just think what Conte could do with some good players. I still think <laughs> the players are pretty bad, but he's so good. Imagine what he could do with some good with mm. some good midfielders. It would be it would be a mess. I think we'd win the league. Well, a couple of seconds, buddy. A couple of signings, we can win the league, my friend. We can win the league. Yeah, I, I think it'd need a couple more than yeah. I think we'd need four or five because. Any yeah, but what you've got to remember, trouble. what you have to remember is we've, we're seeing a 70% Kane right now. Um, and he's getting better. He's getting better by the game. I thought he had a, a pretty good game, actually, against Southampton. I thought some of his touches and some of his interplay was, was kind of old Kane. Um, he's getting there. Just the fact the that he didn't coming. look like he was about to collapse after playing twice in three days is probably a pretty good sign for his yeah. his fitness and well, performances. You know, it was really nice that we could rest him after sixty minutes in the Palace match. That was that was a luxury. Um, it was fantastic. Um, I, I like I would add Nathan as well. It did today's match against Southampton really reminded me of some of the Pochettino tenure where we would like batter a team and just come up short and not get over the line, and it was annoying because we knew that we were good enough to drub those teams so I remember, not doing so was irritating I remember uh, Rondon bodying Davinson Sanchez and us putting up like 3.8 expected goals against West Brom and drawing one or yeah <laughs> I was going to say West Brom as well. It wasn't that game I was thinking of, but <laughs> there, were, there, were a couple, Brom, yeah. there were a couple of West Brom draws that should have been wins. Fucking and West it's Brom. Gonna ha- yeah. It's going to happen, right? It's fine. It's not the end of the world. It's all good. Um, one thing I would say is, so, so Conte's come in. And what Conte is, what I'm learning about Conte and what, what Nima told me about Conte is there's kind of two facets to his, his managerial brilliance. One is he's this ultra-committed, passionate, obsessed um character who who he's incessant you know he it's the kind of air quotes um winning mentality stuff it's the kind of obsession with winning football matches and the other part is this equally obsessed tactician he he wants everything to be just so on the pitch he wants the players to fulfill his demands to the absolute t and i think um there's a, there's a bunch of our fan base that are seeing what Conte's doing in the squad and going, see, look, this is what we, this is all we needed all along. The players show a bit of passion, and I'm here going, see, look, all we needed all along was some tactics and, and players to have a plan to adhere to. And the reality is, it's a bit of both. It's sure, it's great to have some structure and um, and plans and patterns and players being given freedom to to express themselves in certain situations but equally being protected in other ways by the system but also having a manager charging up and down the touchline demanding more from the players is just lovely it's a real antidote after um after Nuno who was so sort of um introverted i guess and um, Mourinho was obviously an extrovert but it felt very 
uh, hostile a lot of the time. It doesn't quite feel that way under Conte. It feels feels different. It's just lovely having a, a competent manager, isn't it? So I know West Ham feels like a long time ago, but um, but Bergvine played well, Nathan. Against West Ham, we're going back to mm. West Ham. That feels mm. like ancient history. Yes, Bergvine mm. had a good game. He um, he uh, he did some 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 striker play as Conte has identified him for some back, back to goal, goal turning, and then he also mixed it up with some receiving the ball sort of in the channel and dribbling into the box to create as well. So. Um, yeah, sort of a dynamic play. I think we, I think we would have liked to see. Him. I think that um, if you're going to rotate Lucas out of the right-sided role, that Bergvine would be the player to come in there, and we missed him today against Southampton. Mm. Um, but again, it's just more of the same. Like, oh look, we have a squad full of like reasonable quality that we can we can maximise with structure, and Bergvine is just yet another player like that. And I think that I think that we will see that from at least one of Lacelso and Ndombele in the near future. Lacelso also getting you know another. Uh, got getting an injury from a warm-up. People are really upset with the Celso for being injured. And as someone who has suffered with perennial injuries over the last year, I'm taking it personally. That it's like it's a personal affront that he keeps hurting himself. That he's just he's using us as a gym because he because he keeps getting hurt. I'm very sympathetic for him because uh Yeah, I just feel sorry for the guy. <laughs> and it's it's annoying for us that a lot of them have come on international duty. Yeah, and of course I mean, and then it's like, oh, you're fit to play for Argentina and then when you come back, blah blah blah. But I think that might just be the rubber things, you know. It is really, really, really frustrating that two of our sort of bigger signings in recent years in the Chelsea and Sessegnon uh, are perennially injured and seem to really struggle to stay fit for long periods. It's um, it's not what you want as a fan, for sure. And, you know, you can't keep relying on players who are who are unfit for a lot of matches. We found that with Lamella, ultimately. Um, so I don't think it continues forever. I don't think it can continue forever. I think if if they can't stay fit for long stretches, then we have to say goodbye, rightly or wrongly. Um, neither justifies at the moment sort of keeping hold of them sure. if we're only getting them for 60% of the time. My God, I'd love both of them fit, though. They're both good. Lacelso was just never injured before coming to Spurs as well. Like, he, he has no injury history. And then he's just uh, consistently been injured since he's been here. But again, I th- like like with the, like, oh, he's fine to play for Argentina and then he can't for us. It's just, that's just how it goes sometimes. And it seems like, it seems like we're a cursed club. <laughs> but but mm. it's just, it's just chance, you know. I was talking to um, John Sheridan about this, the, the chap who wrote the, the Olympian Physio. And he said just certain individuals, their bodies are just mm, unable to... They are unable to work at a, at a certain level. And perhaps there's something about La Liga where Lo Celso or the role that he played there just perhaps suited his 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 physical his physical being, his his body makeup, and it just doesn't work in the Premier League. And it's the same with Cessignon. He I think as far as I know, he played for long stretches for Fulham in, in the championship. I, I don't know how can't remember how he did at Hoffenheim. But it does seem bizarre that he's unable to play like consistently for Spurs in, in the Premier League. And I don't know, it's it's sad because we've seen some really good things from Sessegnon better things than I ever hoped we, we would see from him and I just got to hope that he gets he gets fit and we get him back because he's, he's a great alternative for, to Reguilon and that's kind of what I want to see on the on the right hand side a good alternative to Emerson would be great mm. my hope with Sessegnon and maybe this is just really optimistic is that he's still a very young player he's probably still growing into his body and once his body stops developing then perhaps he'll have a period of stability where he can just stay fit for a period of, of, of games in a row, that would be just the tonic right now. We really need a rotation option uh, for for Regulon. Regulon, uh, I mean, he just looked knackered today. He, he was not at it from the start of the game. Antonio Conte becomes the first first manager to go without defeat in seven league matches. 
holy shit yeah now like we have have had like a reasonably okay run of games in that time and our opposition have been more unlucky than us with 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 virus cases and injuries Mm. and stuff so it's been like a relatively easy run but even so um i wonder how that stacks up against other clubs because it feels like wow seven that's not that many maybe like maybe that is quite a lot and and like i don't know or maybe we're just an abomination of a football fucking club. i'm guessing that's premier league matches not going back yeah. to like the 60s or whatever but yeah. so the next match is watford away we we should not lose that one hopefully i would like to think we'd win at watford away the game after that is arsenal at home possibly unless there's a rearranged match slotted in so that might be nine. I'd love it to be nine. I mean, It'd be really it, annoying if Arsenal broke the unbeaten run. It helps the the fact that our last three league games, our opponents have had a player sent off, and we mm. had an, and Vitesse had a player sent off as well. Everton had a player sent off against us as well. So out of four, out of seven league games, um, four times your position have only finished with ten men. So we're doing something right anyway. We're inviting a lot of challenges. Yeah, they they can't beat us any other way, buddy. They've got to play. They've got to resort to these rough tactics against us to try and. Uh, to, yeah, that's the, the only route to victory. Roughing up it, the it soy boys, that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tottenham soy boys. Um, should we call it a day, lads? Uh, I just want to say one thing about West Ham. I've not seen a team like that play so much kind of direct football, but with a, with a certain kind of panache to it. There's a, there's a style, you know. You remember Stoke would just play long ball and just pump it in. West Ham are, are a long ball set piece team, but they they you know they make it look nice. They they add a little bit of a veneer, a bit of lacquer to it, so it looks a bit shiny and fresh. But they're just a long ball. They a bunch of giants, apart from Declan Rice, who just pump it into the box and just do things. That that Suchek, he's got quite the magnificent head. I mean, he he is he's Eastern European Fellaini. You know? That's exactly what Moyes is on earth there. And you've got to give credit to Moyes the way he, he utilises that guy like a ram. But yeah, I just wanted to say West Ham are a long ball team. A long ball with Panache, you're describing Nuno's Valencia and Wolves sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I, mean, I, I kind of agree, buddy. I think Moyes has done a terrific job of making West Ham a sort of near-viable top four team by playing a style of football which is not in keeping with the rest of the top four. It's, they're, they're doing something a bit different. And in Antonio, you've got a player who's absolutely insane at keeping long balls alive and making mm. something from nothing. And Jared Bowen's doing a similar job, to be fair. He's been absolutely fantastic this past couple of months. Um, really good in tight spaces and sort of making making opportunities where they look like they're, they're dead ends. Um, before we go, uh, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. This has been a sort of a bit of a mad year for us. We've We've, we've somehow created something more than our little podcast we've got a we've got a viable business which employs nathan basically i mean nathan this is your job now i'm sorry boss the video's coming out soon honestly <laughs> <laughs> honestly if if um if it wasn't for our our very loyal and very generous excerpts nathan would have to be what would you be doing, Nathan? Miserable. I'd have to be miserable. What what job would you be undertaking? Uh, right I don't. Now? I mean, so so prior to us, you know, going professional, I was doing odd bits of of industry and occasionally media side football stuff that wasn't enough to like you know live on my own. Um, and I don't know if I'd have just carried on keeping at that. And I'm turning I'm turning thirty um, in a couple of weeks, in a week and a bit. 
And I don't know if that would have to be a time where I'm like, I can't keep just like earning mm-hmm. pocket money <laughs> living in my parents' house. But the thing is that like, I have been just completely, absolutely miserable in every nine to five and worse that I've worked. So, um, I would be absolutely lost. So, um, I better get cracking on with that video, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to everyone who supported us, uh, either through being patrons or buying merchandise or just saying nice things and spreading the word, to be honest, because not everyone can afford to be a patron and we completely appreciate and accept that. But if you can tell your mates, then then perhaps one of them will be. We love you all dearly. We really appreciate you. It's it's It doesn't go unnoticed. This, this means a lot to all of us. And um, thank you so much for all of your, your support. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, E. Lindmer. Do check him out, he's great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help. 